0: Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to See-Through Panel, a comic book discussion podcast. My name is Cole Harvey. I am here with Fahed Rahman.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: Today, we're going to be doing our top books of 2021. So I will let Fahed take it away.
1: Sure. So these aren't in any particular order. Um, uh, so I'll start off with uh, this
0: one, which is... Oh, real quick. I yep. should say I believe this is just stuff we read in 2021, not stuff that came out in 2021. Yes, so this is,
1: these are just books that we read in 2021, not books that came out in 2021. So, uh, starting with kind of quite a late entry for me, it's Bliss by uh, Sean Lewis and Caitlin Yarsky. This is a uh, this is a book about. Uh, uh, basically a hitman who lives in a uh, city which uh, there's a struggle called bliss, which en- enables people to wipe away their memories. And it's, uh, it's a book that kind of examines forgiveness, um, family relationships, the nature of revenge. It's got some stunningly beautiful artwork, uh, which supports a uh, story which has real depth and heart and is a really strong examination of kind of the, the nature of forgiveness uh family ties uh revenge and you know the nature of belief as well so it's a it's a, f- a fantastic uh uh graphic novel that um yeah i think a lot of people should kind of check out it's got some beautiful artwork and fantastic dialogue
0: I have not heard of that one. Who who published that? If you remember, I believe at all. that's by
1: Image, but don't okay. hold me to that. I didn't. Um, I haven't kind of written down the names of all the all, all the publishers.
0: I'm gonna do one that just got in here late too. Then I just finished reading um the two hardcovers of The Hero by David Rubin, Um published by Dark Horse. Uh, originally, I believe it was in Spanish. In Uh, at one of his uh, more local publishers and they brought it to America with Dark Horse. Um, It is an adaptation of the Hercules myth or the Heracles myth. Um, It is, let's say, very graphic in its content and it's definitely not a kid's book in any sense of the word, but um, it really stunned me not only from, if you've ever seen David Rubin's art, he is what should I say? He's like Paul Pope and uh, I'm not even, he's, he looks a lot like Paul Pope and, but with a lot more bright color and a little bit of a looser line. And he, his art in this book is absolutely incredible. And it is, I won't go into too much detail trying to describe it, but you just look it up for yourself. Um, He also is doing the writing and he is kind of adapting the Hercules myths into like the 12 labors and everything into um, kind of a sci-fi, a science fantasy type of thing. And it is just a really cool adaptation that I think really surprised me and pretty much everything that it did. And it pulled off all the themes, you you know, there's not a lot here that isn't already in the the Hercules myth of what it means to be a hero and the cost of that on your life and your family and all that. But, um, I would, I would highly recommend it to anyone who uh, just likes to look at really brightly colored beautiful art or just as into like the greek myth stuff
1: yeah so um another kind of late one for me is uh beneath the trees winter chills by dav or dave i'm not entirely sure how it's pronounced i haven't done kind of a lot of research on kind of like the creators and stuff like that but this is um it's a really sweet story about uh mr fox he's got this enormous scarf that keeps him keeps him warm during the winter months but also kind of gets him into a lot of trouble so it's it's kind of like re, uh, reading um an animation if that makes a lot of sense the the, the okay. they do a lot of really clever work around um panel play and the timing of the comedy gags are done really well through that um as well it kind of reminded me of watching a like one of those like disney cartoons um, or like a, a Warner Brothers cartoon, kind of just one of those shorts things about a character that gets into scrapes and stuff like that. But the it's kind of quite a simple story, but the storytelling uh, methods they use with like the panel layout and there's there's very little dialogue throughout. It. So it's the art kind of carries the entire story. It's quite a short book as well, and um, yeah. So kind of would highly recommend if you've got your you know younger children. Um, this is kind of like one, uh, kind of one for them. It's got beautiful, uh, uh, kind of Walt Disney style kind of artwork in there, uh, as well. And it's just for those who kind of like who are like connoisseurs or scholars of like uh comic book storytelling, they do some really quite sophisticated stuff with the panel layouts, um, as well. So yeah, it's uh, it's 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 got a, it's one of those books that's got kind of like something for everyone.
0: Man, I haven't heard of either of the books you've mentioned so yeah. far. It's going to be a so, long list.
1: So uh, Beneath the Trees, uh, I think I I I think I saw Hassan El-Tuhawi talk about on his Twitter threads. I think he did like a, a, a breakdown of the panel layouts on his YouTube channel. So that's how I got turned on to that one.
0: He has a really great YouTube channel. Yeah, a um, really great one. My next one, I'm going to stick with the sci-fi for a second. Um, I've finished the entirety of... Black Science by Rick Remender and Matteo Scalera this year. Um it's published by Image. Obviously it's it, uh, I'm not sure if if you've read it or heard of it but it was a pretty I've, big deal.
1: I've got to uh like Black Science is such like an epic like story. Yeah. So I think I've got to the bit where I think I've read like the first six trade paperback I'm not entirely sure how many there are in there.
0: Maybe like eight to nine. I've got them in three big uh, hardcovers. Yeah, and yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stories. I would wager it's probably eight or nine trades. Um, yeah, it is definitely yeah, it's a sprawling sci-fi epic. Once again, it is. I think it was like between thirty and forty issues in the end, something like that. And uh, it is just the story of a man and his family adrift through kind of a multiverse type deal with. Uh, Rick Remender doing super nihilistic punk rock writing and which he always does. And Mateo Scalera doing some absolutely beautiful work. I have not actually, I hadn't seen him do comics before this. I believe he was a uh, a painter. He likes to do actual um, like non-sequential. He likes to, he, he's a painter. Um, but yeah, this was my introduction to his comics work and it is, uh, man, it is, breathtaking to see and i don't i'm not going to point out names mostly because i don't know them but also because i don't want to be rude but they do switch colorists about halfway through and the colorist on the last um half of the book it 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 almost increases the, the art the level of the art by another notch entirely just because of how well the coloring is done there was no problem with the first guy it's just the second guy when he comes in it it it's you notice it. You notice that the quality just get a little bit higher and that also kicked it up for me. So Black Science.
1: Uh yeah. So my next one and again these are in, in no particular order, um, is Monsters by Barry Windsor Smith. This I think is maybe one of the most anticipated uh, graphic novels that was gonna be released in twenty twenty one. It's uh I don't know how how many years was he kind of working on it, it's kind of like a ridiculous amount.
0: Like over um, 20, right? Or something yeah, over 20 like that.
1: years that he was um, working on it. It kind of originally started off as an uh, Incredible Hulk or Wolverine story. I can't remember um, which. And it's a very brutal, violent story that kind of covers themes around domestic violence, the nature of destiny, kind of post-traumatic stress disorder, and um kind of how governments can misuse uh their citizens for um nefarious purposes as well it's got some it's it's a black and white comic book it's got some absolutely gorgeous art you know it just makes you realize what you can do with cross-hatching and shading and stuff like that to really bring characters and images to life uh Again, uh, it does some really interesting things with lettering. Kind of the the speech bubbles, kind of like cut across different uh, panels, so you kind of like zigzag across as you're you're reading it. And it's 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 very hard hitting uh, book, and I think was well kind of worth the hype. And anyone who doesn't have this book on their um, on on their reading list should really seriously you, know, you need to, you need to check it out. It's it's a monster of a book um and it's got a yeah. monster reputation i think it thoroughly deserves it as well man i
0: need to read that it's just every time i start i, I look at how dense it is and i'm like oh my yeah. god it's going to take me like a year to it,
1: it goes down quite smoothly though I, I mean it took me about a week uh to read it and it's one of those ones that i think will reward rereadings um as well because like the there's like there's so much packed onto each page, so it's got kind of kind of one of those ones where you'll be able to kind of pick out different details each time you
0: you, you pick it up. I definitely need to get on that. Um, my next one is a bit weird because the actual creator of the of the thing I don't I don't know anything about, but it's a uh, it's Jim Henson's Tale of Sand adapted by Ramon Perez.
1: I think you mentioned this one before. Have
0: I okay? Um, yeah, yeah. I think when we was doing one of our catch
1: up ones, so yeah, yeah. Just yeah, yeah. Remind remind everyone about it.
0: Yeah, I don't. Um, I'm not familiar with a lot of Jim Henson's work. I know he made the Muppets and he does the Dark Crystal, which everyone loves. Um, and unfortunately, he passed away before he could finish the Tale of Sand, which I believe was going to be a movie.
1: <gasps> oh, I've read this. Yes. I've read this. It's very good.
0: Yes, yeah, so one good, man yeah. being chased through the desert. Yes, um, yes, I've definitely read yeah. this. Yeah, so it's published the, the, by the Archaea imprint of Boom. And yeah. uh, sorry, what?
1: Yeah, it kind of the the, the ending's a bit of a head
0: scratcher. Yeah. Yes. The whole thing's yeah. a bit of a head scratcher. Yeah. yeah. yeah the, it's um, I wouldn't say there's a lot of story there, but Ramon Perez really he, he makes it shine. Uh, honestly, at the end of it, I I I wondered if I would have cared about it as a movie, but as a comic, I love it uh, just because of the art and the the weird structure and. Uh, very, um, fluid storytelling that Ramon Perez uses. Um, I want to say storytelling, but there's not a lot of story. Um, yeah, it's basically just a mad dash of one man through a desert being chased by various and sundry people, creatures, everything. Um, it's mostly an art book for me and kind of just shows how, um, dynamic Ramon Perez's style can be and how many different styles he has. Um, sadly, I don't think he's done anything at this level since this book I've been trying to keep up, but, um, I think he really shone best in this kind of indie adaptation side of things rather than with a big DC or Marvel gig. But, um, uh, yeah, it is, it is one of the best things I read this year, regardless of it having almost no words in it and a very loose story, but yeah, Tale of Sand by Ramon Perez.
1: Yeah. Um, so my next one is, I'm I'm kind of getting to books I've already I think most of these I've already mentioned on on the podcast in passing before. So my next one is Tales of the Mist by Laura Suarez. This is an anthology of uh, supernatural uh, folk tales set in northern Spain. I believe it's the Galicia region of uh, Spain. And it's um, it's kind of very reminiscent of kind of Emily, Emily Carroll's. Work kind of that that kind of like um you know that sort of horror horror story, um, kind of kind of the work that you know did the comics that she tells around kind of like horror horror comics and um, supernatural uh, comics things of that uh, nature and it's just really fascinating to read about the folk tales and ghost tales of another culture that I wasn't really uh, aware of. She does like fantastic. Um, artwork she does really interesting fascinating things uh, around the way she uses tones um, and yeah I just I kind of it's it's kind of one of those ones where you're really eager to see kind of what she um, what they do next and kind of explore actually more into the you know, you know the stories behind the stories if that makes sense kind of you know she's using this folk tale or this this folk monster. to to you know, as the big bad in this story, oh, let me learn more about that monster. Let me go on Wikipedia and that sort of thing. So that's, um, so that's Tales of the Mist by Laura Suarez, and that's from Europe Comics, which I think is one of my favorite um, publishers at the moment.
0: That really does look like an Emily Carroll type of deal, like a fairy tale kind of like horror thing, in the art style even. Yeah, even and just the, the cover.
1: Kind of the other thing it kind of also plays around with is, um like the period in which the the anthologies say it kind of it's around that period of time where um spain was uh going through kind of like a fascist revolution as well so i so said that the, okay. like the civil war was always kind of in the background of a lot in a lot of these stories um as well
0: very interesting i'll have to check this one out okay um my next pick would be the Last God by Philip Kennedy Johnson and Ricardo Federici, which I definitely have. I know I've talked about this one on the show. Yeah. Um, DC Black Label. Uh, can't say much about this. It's just kind of my... Um, one of my favorite genres is fantasy and a big fantasy epic. And that's exactly what this is. It's just there's dwarves and elves and humans and it's swords and shields and magic. And uh, Ricardo Federici is a ridiculously good artist to tell this kind of story. It's hyper detailed. The action is, uh, jaw dropping. It's, it's huge action set pieces. Um, he does great, um, facial expressions, making the entry. Well, um, and Philip Kennedy Johnson, um, he's kind of burst onto the scene and started writing a lot of stuff for DC, but this was the first thing I ever read from him and still one of the few things I've actually read from him. And, I love this story. I hope they follow it up. Uh, if they, if they do follow it up, I hope they get Ricardo Federici because his, his art was really the selling point on this for me. And yeah, I, I wish we saw more like standard fantasy stuff in comics. And I get why we don't, because it's not, you know, it's not like cerebral. It doesn't change the, the yeah. scene or the zeitgeist, but it's just my favorite stuff.
1: Okay. So I think I'm going to um, bunch both of these comics together because um, I've talked about them on podcasts before so the first one is the flowers of the witch by enrique um, enrico orlandi this is uh, a really fantastic fantasy uh graphic novel the artwork it reminds me yeah it reminds me of the artwork from song of the sea which is a film made by the studio called cartoon salon a cartoon saloon sorry cartoon saloon so uh the artwork reminds me very much of that it's just a really well told uh fantasy story about a uh a young man that comes across uh, a village in search of a flower uh that belongs to a witch and I kind of i'll leave it at that and then the next one probably deserves a little bit more Time, but I'm bunching these two together. Um, is the Jalia by Junibar Bar? This is yeah. as uh, I think I've talked about this one before. So, um, basically, it's as if Samurai Jack was set in um, Africa and it's got exactly the same fibers of Samurai Jack. It's kind of that kind of sort of um post societal collapse, like, techno, techno, uh, technology is kind of like gone crazy. We've got like Cybermen and um mixed with magic and it's it you know i, I, I in, in my written review of this on my blog i said you know this this graphic novels is the an announcement of a major new talent in the uh, comic book storytelling medium in juni bar it's a fascinating exploration and remixing of uh african myths it's got some fantastic fantastic art it's got some of the most enthralling action sequences i've read uh, i read last year and you know all that doesn't matter a jot unless you care about the characters and he does he writes a really uh, witty dialogue and you know the characters are engaging and the bad guys are um hateable but you, you kind of also kind of like them a little bit as well so mm-hmm. that's kind of um another fantastic uh sort of a really superb uh fantasy, science fiction, um, graphic novel there as well. I mean, I've, I've talked about that one before, but if, if you've not read that one, it's, any fantasy G jam, that's definitely one you should be checking out.
0: I'm so glad you put that on your list because I looked at it over on my shelf the other day when I was putting my list together and thought yeah. it'll be on for heads. I don't need to be on so, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Thank God. Yeah, um, yeah I, I love that book. That's a, that's a thumbs up for me as well. Uh, my next one is... At this point, I should just say it's anything by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, because it seems yeah. to be the only thing I'm reading. <laughs>
1: I, had, I had, like, my entire list could have consisted of, like, Brubaker and Phillips comics, They uh, their work on Reckless, um, and all the other things that they've released this year has just been, like, <laughs> really good. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's just, like, one of those ones, really, isn't it?
0: It's 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 insane what they're doing, because I, I think I'm going to own a, every book that they put out at some point now, because... Yeah, I read, I think I talked on our, on the catch-up episode about Kill or Be Killed. Um, and then I went, after that episode, I went straight into reading Cruel Summer. And Cruel Summer is what's technically on my list, but it, it could be anything by them. Yeah. Um, it is, it's, it's a cast of characters with the perspective switching back and forth over, probably would be like worth of 12 issues of comics, um, uh, taking place over the course of a summer, as it sounds, and it is just couldn't really tell you much without spoilers. It's yeah. just hard boiled crime and family intrigue and uh, pretty revolting stuff. But yeah. it is perfectly just, executed.
1: Just the stuff that they do so well. I mean he he's so prolific, and to be prolific and still produce the quality of the writing and the art that they do is. It's, it's something that really um, I don't think a lot of pre- people actually really appreciate how difficult it is. It's uh, it's really amazing.
0: And they never really run out of ideas, it seems. Cause, yeah. Uh,
1: I, mean, yeah. You, I mean, you could criticize them. A lot of the stories are kind of similar, but how they gem- mm-hmm. generate the characters um, and the, you know, the little details to fill in those worlds, that's the trick. Exactly. You know, that's the trick. And that's, you know, so um, – you know, it's so hard. So yeah, that's a, that's a good shout. <laughs> um, there. Um, so my next one, um, how many have I got left? Uh, I've got, a few, well, I've got a few left. So um, my next one is a- another book I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, so I'm not going to talk too too much about it. It's The Down River People by Adam Smith and Matthew Fox. And this felt like reading a hbo or netflix tv series it's about a young man who has just inherited um, his family's bar after his father passes away and it kind of starts off as a meditation on kind of the nature of grief but then goes into some really strange uh places so i don't want to kind of like talk too much about kind of where it where it goes but kind of talks about the nature of family relationships the nature of memory alcoholism um following in your family's footsteps religion and how that can provide solace but also can be a trap and yeah it's beautifully written like the, the art itself is like really uh nice it's got some stunning especially towards the end some of the set pieces uh, uh are gobsmacking and jaw-dropping but it's really the dialogue and the uh the characters that kind of drive the story through uh for me kind of like it was kind of like one of those ones i had to kind of put down sometimes because a character you like was gonna do make a really stupid decision you could kind of like see it see it foreshadowed so you just right? Mm-hmm. Like, let me just like let me walk away and let me calm down a little bit and then kind of get back yeah. into it so it's a it's a really
0: uh fantastic book i need to check that out man i need to read all the stuff you read yeah. <laughs> um my list next year will just be your list this <laughs> year. uh well, so i think it's my last one actually yeah. yeah my last one um i had to fit some horror on here yeah and i actually I'm very upset that I don't own this book physically. I read it on my on my phone. Uh, it's the Silver Coin, uh, published by Image. It's an anthology series where every issue is the whole thing's created by Michael Walsh. He draws every issue, um, but he brings on different writers for every issue as well. So he's got I don't have them all written here, but he's so far he's had people like uh, Chip Zdarsky, oh, Jeff wow. Lemire, Kelly Thompson. Yeah, just big. Um, big, big names in the American comics industries. And, um, it's basically a horror anthology all centering around this silver coin that, uh, who you learn the, the origin of the coin. So I won't spoil that, but, um, I I was having problems finding really engaging, compelling horror stuff this year. And it's one of my favorite things to read in comics, but I kind of need the right blend of, um, just very deliberate art it needs to be just right for me for horror to work and then writing in comics writing horror in comics is just equally as difficult as as drawing it so um i had a difficult time but the silver coin being an anthology makes it even more impressive it knocked every single issue out of the park and it's still going so
1: yeah so i think I've i've got a few more left on my list so i've got um kingmaker uh by who is it by it's by ian eddington uh, Lee Gallagher and it's a 2000 uh, AD uh, graphic novel and it's just a really well written sci-fi fantasy uh, graphic novel. It's about uh, basically this uh, goblin and he, he he's basically, you know how to describe it? It's um, it's kind of like a hybrid between like sci- high sci-fi f- and um, fantasy and mixing those uh, two things um, uh, together. And it's kind of like, it's like Lord of the Rings um, meets Halo, if that makes sense. So it's, uh, yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, it's like one of those ones. And it, you know, you know the, the teacher Kingmaker is this uh, goblin he has to unite the warring uh, kingdoms between the dwarves the elves and um you know all you know kind of all these different like fantasy creature tribes that you kind of get there and it's you know it's up to him to kind of unite these tribes against this uh growing extraterrestrial threat so it's really good i don't think it's been concluded yet um but yeah it's uh it's an ongoing series and uh, definitely one to to check out
0: That sounds right on my alley.
1: Um, uh, My next one is... uh, Let me have a look on my list. Um, So I'll I'll bunch these two together. So um, Quarantine Comics, it's uh, by Rachel Smith. And it's just... um, She wrote a strip every day during the 2020 lockdown and shared it online. And it's just that collection of comics comic strips uh collected into um an anthology. It's kind of observations about witty observations about how terrible lockdown was for her mental health, her relationships, um, and stuff like that. But it's also kind of like delightful because it kind of realizes that, you know, makes you realise that these are shared experiences that a lot of people kind of went through. And she's she's got a real dab hand at um making humorous observations. Uh, about kind of the weird things that people do, or got up to in um in lockdown. Um, and then my next one is Save It for Later by Nate Powell. So Nate Powell is uh one of the co-creators of March, which was yes. the um uh, biographical comic of Senator uh, I've forgotten his name, Senator Joe.
0: Oh, what's his name? <laughs> That's oh glad. man, we did this last time I can't yeah, remember.
1: Uh, John Lewis. Yeah, John 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 Lewis. Um so this is again it's an autobiographical um comic about the about him trying to raise his uh daughter um during the time of President Trump's uh uh reign of um terror. <laughs> 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 and, and uh um yes yeah, so it's just kind of like him discussing it's kind of like a series of comic essays about the you know what does he tell his daughter about kind of the nature of democracy the importance of um protests and um that you know hope is something that you need to struggle and strive for it's not something that you know if you want to um If you want reality to, if you want the world that you want to exist, you need to struggle really hard to achieve that because there are going to be there are in various forces out there that are going to try and stop you. Um, Again, a lot of it is, I think, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of it is a little bit preachy. Um, If you're not kind of his way politically inclined, I don't think it's necessarily going to um, convince you of his political argument. But the stuff about raising his child i think is really uh fascinating and he makes some fans, you know uh, uh really creative choices about the way he depicts his daughter so his daughter is depicted as like a unicorn creature in the a humanoid unicorn creature in the in the comics so you don't actually see her depicted as like um a human being uh where all the other characters are kind of like realistically um portrayed so I've, i i really um enjoyed that but it might be one for kind of bleeding heart um, mm-hmm. liberals so let me see what have i got left here on my list uh, it's monsters kingmaker i'm driving short distances this is by uh, joff winterheart and this is like maybe the most british comic on my list it's about um sam who is this kind of deadbeat guy in his kind of mid to late 20s and he's kind of forced to get a uh, job with this uh, this strange character called Keith and it's just basically them two driving around town having uh, kind of having strange conversations and Sam realizing that you know this is not yeah it's just it's kind of one of those coming of age stucker books that um uh is, is just so quintessentially british there's kind of a lot of british humor in there and you know there's uh kind of generational divide and like keith is maybe one of the the, the funniest <laughs> um uh, uh comic creations that i've seen in in a lot a long time and i mean comic in the in terms of actually being funny um not in terms of like uh comic book but in in terms of like a comedic uh character he's a uh, dislikable um weird um but also st- he's he's kind of strange like a little bit like david brent kind of this really annoying person that's got some some redeeming qualities that kind of get you sympathy with him as well so it's um it's it's it's, it's one that i think uh, people should uh, check out and then my last pick is a book that we've kind of talked about a lot on the podcast already it's in by will McFaul. that's kind of my book of the year um it's you know I've, I've, we've talked about it a lot it's a book that helped me with um when my mum passed away last year uh, it really kind of helped me process that um you know go through that uh, the grieving process a lot he's got beautiful artwork it's witty it's funny and if it doesn't kind of win a lot of awards this year there's absolutely no flipping justice <laughs> so yeah right and will is you know it will appear on our podcast as well and he's a lovely human being too so, yeah. so that's my, yeah. My, yeah.
0: yeah that's actually the same for me i knew it would be on your list and yeah. that is easily the best book uh, i read this year i own two copies and i'm just going to give them out to people and um, yeah it's it's yeah it deserves more recognition than it's gotten and it's gotten, it's been well reviewed and everything, but yeah, it deserves a, a, a mountain of awards.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was mentioned in the guardians uh, graphic novel book list of the year. And I think what we probably need to do is actually check out other people's books, books of the year and kind of see if there's anything on there that kind of um, <laughs> interests us. But yeah, I mean, in is something that we've, we've raved about already. If you've not read it, if you've not bought a copy of it, please do so. It, you know, it's a magnificent achievement in, in this kind of like this medium that we all, we all love.
0: Yes, definitely agree.
1: Okay, cool. So that's, that's kind of my my list wrapped up really. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a
0: pretty good year for comics for me, at least. Yeah.
1: And it's, it's really wide ranging list of stuff there as well. I think we both had horror in our list fantasy. Um, and you know, it's, I think it just goes to show kind of like the, types of stories that are getting published are getting more diverse I and mean, we're getting more oh, types yeah. of story being told which I think is just fantastic
0: yeah I think it's starting to get to the point where you could pretty much tell any kind of story in comics and find an audience which I'm really really happy about
1: I mean I think that's always um, sort of been the case but it's just i think it's the availability to buy those yes. stories now i think it's kind of like a massive massive yeah. uh, massive, dif- uh, massive difference um yeah i should say able- the
0: creators can live on it before they yeah, could make yeah. it but they might not have been able to yeah. to yeah make a living on it yeah so that's uh that's
1: it guys um we're going to be back soon with uh another episode we haven't kind of quite decided yet what book we're going to be uh reviewing um if you've got any ideas for things that you'd like us to read if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast please send us um an email um, we've got kind of a backlist of creators that we need to actually get on the podcast at some point and i'll i'll start trying to organize that in the um, in the coming months as well please support the podcast by um following us on social media or donating in chip tip jar or uh, yeah so that you know please just uh ship, you know, Write, um, write reviews and leave ratings for us on whichever podcast your podcast app you're listening to us on as well.
0: Much appreciated, guys. Thanks for okay. uh, stopping by.
1: Yeah, okay, and yeah, happy new year, everyone.
0: Your happy new year. Thanks, guys. Bye.